All right, take your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're going to look at one verse today as we continue on in our study. We've gotten through chapter 1, and we've started in chapter 2, made it all the way down, verses 1 through 12, and we're going to look at one verse today, verse 13. The Bible says here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, ye, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege and the honor to be here today. Thank you, Lord, for each and every one that's here. And Father, we just want to praise your name that we have the freedom that we have, Lord, to be able to come and to worship you. Father, to be able to open your word and to freely read it, Father, and to sing it and to preach it, Father, and, and to study it. And we thank you for that, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would help us now in our service at this very important time. I pray that you'd keep the distractions away. And Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts as only you can. And I pray, Lord, that I would not draw attention to myself, Father and draw the, the attention off of you. But I pray, Lord, that you be glorified and you be honored. And I pray that you get all the glory from everything that's said and done here today. May our hearts be right. Lord, we pray today, if there's one here that does not know for sure that they're saved, and I pray, Lord, please, before they leave this building, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would convict them, Lord, and they'd realize their need of a Savior. Lord, we love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the five chapters of the book, there's five chapters in this book of the Bible. We find that they deal with five subjects, and they all relating to the second coming. As we said before, the, the coming of the Lord is for us. The return of the Lord is with us. Amen? It's important that we understand that. All the activities of Christians should be done in view of the second coming or the return of our Lord. We're looking for that day. We find in chapter 1, as believers, we are the turning ones. We see that chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. We find in chapter 2, we are, the, we are as workers, we are the serving ones. In chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. In chapter 3, we find as brothers, we are the loving ones. In chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. And as sufferers, we are the weeping ones. In chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. We find as saints, we are the holy ones in chapter 5 and verse 28. You know, in the second chapter, we've, we have seen Paul, in, also in the first chapter, we have seen him as the serving one. He was willing to serve others no matter what. And can I say that I, th I find that lacking today with amongst Christians in our churches that people have a willingness to serve others, a willingness to serve others. Can I say he was willing to serve no matter what. If you would, took, turn back to Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, you know, we quote this verse a lot to our children because, um, you know, especially when they're young and they're, they're taking something that's, that somebody else has and they think they want it more than, you know, their little brother or sister has. And we, we quote this verse, but usually just the, the last part of it. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. 
And so we quote it usually where it says, let each esteem other better than themselves. But can I tell you the Christian this morning, would you look at the first part of that? It says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Can you examine our actions and why we do something? How many times have, would we not do something because we possibly would do it because it's a reaction to somebody else doing something? And that's, that's a scary thing for me to think about a child of God, a servant of our Lord doing something because we're trying or we're reacting or maybe trying to get to somebody. But it says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Can I say a message preached because a preacher thinks that his message is a great one is vainglory. It's vainglory. Anything that's done, if it's done, even if it's done in the name of the Lord, if we're doing it for our glory, it's vainglory. Amen. I find that there's a dearth of serving our uh, serving our Lord in churches today. When it comes to serving the Lord, it's, it's not all about the glory that we receive or that you would receive. A servant is always ready to serve or should always be ready to serve. And I say it's it should be our nature as Christians to serve. We know in the Bible there's many examples or there's many commandments that are given. And every time there's a commandment given, there is an example how that commandment can, can be fulfilled. We find the Lord Jesus Christ is the ultimate example of every commandment. He did not come to, uh, uh, how's the verse go, to... Um, no, I'm talking about, but fulfill the law. What's the first part of that? Yes, but he came to fulfill the law. Amen. And praise the Lord for that. So he is he is not saying, well, this is what uh, this is what was there, and and it can be done if you try hard. But no, he says, I have done this. I have done this. Amen. Can I ask you a question this morning? Do you have a servant's heart? Do you have a servant's heart? Do you desire? Do you desire to serve the Lord? Do we, listen, do we really desire to serve the Lord? How many times, please listen to me. How many times have we done things because somebody else is going to see it? Or if we don't do it, somebody else might tell us something. I understand there's good, sometimes it's good because there's accountability there, but we shouldn't do it just because of somebody else. We should do it because of our Lord and what he has done for us. The way that the Lord has given us to serve is through his church. You know, the ministries that this church has taken on and so many that we try to, to have different outreaches. And I know that that last year was a setback for our church with with with, with what took place. But can I say, as we uh, endeavor to get back on track and see what the Lord wants us to do, there's many outreaches that we can do as a church to be able to take the gospel places where people have never heard it. Are you doing your best? to be serving in the church or are you picking and choosing what you will do? God help us not to be picky when it comes to serving the Lord. May God convict us in the case that we we're just doing what we want to do, what suits us and suits our schedules in our times and our lives. And I understand, listen, I understand everybody is busy. Everybody's busy. We were talking the other night, Joe and I, and I said, you know, she said, boy, she said, life is just so busy, isn't it? I said, yes, it is. I said, someday it probably won't be that busy. And I, and we got to talking about that. I said, no, actually, we don't remember ever a time when it wasn't busy. And it just seems like it keeps getting busier as, as time goes on. And I say, as we look at our, our text today here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 
First of all, I want you to see the first part of that verse where it says this. For this cause also we thank God without ceasing. He says, for this cause. What is the cause? I I believe verse 12 tells us some of what the cause is. It says that we would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. I believe that's a cause there worth thanking God for. I mean, have you ever just stopped as I, 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 I was, I believe I was talking to Tim yesterday and we were just going to a different spot. I said, Tim, I said, have you ever just prayed, but didn't go to God and just say, Lord, give me this and give me that. Help me here and help me here. Have you ever just stopped and started praising the Lord? Lord, you're so good for what you've done. Lord, you've saved me. Lord, you're so good. I mean, you go through the scriptures, especially the Psalms, and you look at many times when people praise the Lord in prayer, how they just lifted up their voices and praise to the Lord. He said, for this cause. We find David was sent to his father to bring supplies to his brothers. And we find when he arrives, he hears the most ungodly voice mocking the children of God and mocking the name of the Lord. And he asked his brothers and the others, why doesn't somebody do something? We find this account over in 1 Samuel chapter 17. If you turn back to 1 Samuel chapter 17. We, we all know the story here. They told him he was, this giant was too great for any of them to fight. We find here in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17. In verse, I can find my place here, verse 29. David said, what have I now done? In other words, because he said, why isn't somebody doing something to this uncircumcised Philistine who is mocking the people of God, who is mocking our Lord? And he says, why hasn't somebody done anything? And we know his brother said, listen, come on. Why don't you go back to those few sheep that you were watching there? Why don't you? David was exactly where he was supposed to be because his father sent him there. And so when, when in our Christian life, when we find ourselves someplace and we find people like, why are you doing this? Why are you, why are you here? Uh, brother Chris and, and Carol over in Greenland and, and myself included many times have said, why? Why Greenland? Why Greenland? I mean, why not somewhere else? Well, because that's where the father sent him. So the father sent him here, and he said here in verse 29, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? And we, we know the story. I'm not going to read all the, all the verses here. We know what happened. David went out, and he picked up five smooth stones, and he went and he faced this giant. He slew this giant. He told the king, he said, listen, King Saul, he said, there's a bear came. And he said, it was going to get my sheep. And he said, I killed that bear. There was a lion came. And I, you know, my boys love these stories because that gives them hope. You know, Eli asked me the other day, he said, dad, can I borrow the 22? Like, no, you cannot borrow the 22. I don't know where he got that idea, but there he is right there. And, uh, but it gives them hope. See, you don't need a 22, Eli. David killed a bear with a slingshot. <laughs> I can't wait to see what this week's going to bring. He went out there, and he, we know that he slew that lion and he slew that bear because they were attacking his father's sheep. And boy, he, 
he protected them. And he went out there and he slew that giant. He said, because that's because of his skill with his sling. No. He didn't go out there and tell that giant, I'm coming to you because you should see the skill that I have in this, with this sling. No, he went out there. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. He was able to slay that giant. Christians, we do need a cause. And look, look around this morning. If you're a dad, if you're a mom, if you just look around at your children, that is a cause to thank God for. It is a cause to thank God for. I praise the Lord. Is, and I'll show you the picture if you'd like to see of yesterday and how we were out there and all the boys, they, they had BB guns and, and airsoft guns and everything else. They weren't allowed to carry the real ones. So they, they, why? Because they just wanted to be that way? No, they wanted to be like their dad. They wanted to be like their dad. And I say this many times, and it, it's sobering for me to think this, that our kids are not going to be what they, what we want them to be. They're going to be what we are. Amen. It's important that we understand that. A true, a true cause of the Christian does not diminish over time. It grows bigger. He says here, we thank God without ceasing. Also, we thank we God without ceasing. Now, I think we can understand that you can't thank God without ceasing unless we are praying without ceasing. And I don't know about you, but I find myself every day realizing that I actually don't pray enough. We need to pray more. That's why I encourage our church to have, have prayer meetings in our homes and, and invite one another and open our church up for prayer to spend time in prayer because we're not going to accomplish anything for our Lord unless we know how to humble ourselves and pray. First Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Paul came to this city with a call. Preach the gospel. He did just that. People were saved. The church was birthed and Paul walked away without any concern of that church, right? Wrong. He didn't go there and preach the gospel and people got saved and like, okay, I'm, I'm done now. I can move on. But you know, his, the rest of his life, he prayed for them and he longed to go and to be with them. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28, he says, beside those things that are without, we all know a little bit about the things that are without. I mean, we do. We know the things that are without, the things that are bombarding us every day, the things that we, we shelter the best of our, with our ability to shelter our children from those things that are without, and they seem like they're just beating down the door trying to come in. He says, besides those things which are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. You see, he just didn't go and move on and say, I'm done now, I can go on. But his cause grew. The burden grew as time went on, as he served the Lord. You see, if we're preaching the gospel, that is our cause. And somebody gets saved. Little Allison trusts the Lord with, with, I mean, praise the Lord for that. But we're not done. There comes time to spend time with her and disciple her and teach her in the ways of the Lord. Our cause is growing. He said, we thank God without ceasing. Now, this is this is where I want to kind of finish up or concentrate here the remaining of the, the message. I want you to notice what it says here in verse 13. It says, for this cause also we thank we God without ceasing. Notice what it says, because ye received it. When ye heard, 
the word of the Lord. When you received the word of the Lord, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. We find first thing I believe he was thanking the Lord for is because the word was received. It was received. And I think this is very important on our way in this morning. I say we talked about it, but I didn't talk much. Josie was talking about different people in the past and that she grew up with and how how they had a good foundation and how they just kind of heard it. She, really, she said, not in these words, but she, they heard it, but didn't receive it. And I didn't say anything because I was planning on preaching the message and, and I didn't want to preach it to her before we got here. <laughs> because when you received the word of God, which ye heard of us. Unless we hear it and receive it, it does has no effect on our life. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, verse 12, you don't have to turn there. I'll read it for you. It says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And it is, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And I say the word of God, it is living. It said it's quick. It's living. The word of God, it is powerful. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. I actually was going to bring, I had a, a, a two-edged knife that I was going to bring, but I thought that's probably not a good idea, especially with all the boys that are here. But I was just going to bring it so people could see a two-edged knife out on both sides. There's two-edged, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Very sharp. The word of God is piercing. The word of God is divisive. It divides. The word of God is, is is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. My word, can you imagine how many times we've been reading the word of God and it just seems like it just cuts right to our heart, speaks to our heart. Can I say this? It, it is all of these and much more, but unless it's received, it has no effect. The unsaved cannot be saved until the word of God is received. The saint cannot be helped, encouraged, or strengthened until, until the word is received. The Bible tells us in Amos chapter 8, verse 11, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Christian, can I ask you this morning, are you hearing the word of the Lord today? How many times do we come, hear a message? I, I, I caution us every time, and, and, and Brother Jerry as well, we don't sing songs just because we are singing a song. Look at the words. There's many times I in our life we sing with our family, but there's many times we've sang a song and we get done and, and we look at each other and say, that's not worth singing. That, that, that song doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Just because a song mentions prayer or or, or, or mentions church and it, and it has, there's no power to it. You're not worshiping the Lord. We should pay attention. We should listen when a message is preached. Pay attention. You say, well, I don't like certain uh, preachers and how they preach and everything else. But are you listening to the message? Are you listening to the word? Don't be listening to the man. Be listening to the mes- message. 
I say that's why it's important to prepare for Sunday. It's important to prepare for Sunday. I know you think when you think about preparing for Sunday, you think about getting the clothes out and, and lining them up and getting everything set so you get up in the morning and have it. No, but it's it's much more than that. It's spiritually prepare for Sunday. We find here that he was thanking God without ceasing because the word of God, how it was, was received. He received it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. Can I say you can tell the difference? Second Timothy 4 verse 3 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. <clears throat> we live in a day when people are driven by their wants and their desires by their flesh. We see it all around us. But that should not be a child of God. That should not be the way a child of God is, is living their life. Teachers having itching ears. I've heard just recently <clears throat> different funerals and one just recently of how a preacher got up and preached. I guess we could call it a message. And did everything and said everything. Actually, the last two funerals that I attended, <clears throat> everything was said. There was verses quoted, but there was never the gospel presented for the unsaved. That's a shame. It's a shame. The message that are brought are from the precious word of God. If they're from the precious word of God, they're to be received, not as the words of man, but of God. I'll show you how important it is to hear the word of the Lord. Look in Romans chapter 10. <clears throat> Romans chapter 10, verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which... We preach that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him and whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went unto all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. It's important when the word of God is preached 
it's important when we're there and we read the word of God that it's it's received. Yeah. It's received not as the words of man, but it is the words of God. Yeah. It's important that we hear it, but it's more important that we receive what we're hearing. Because a message can be brought and it can be a biblical message. And, and if we go to it and we've already have preconceived ideas of what we believe, and no matter what the Bible says, we're going to hold to what we believe. We're not receiving the word of God. We need to hear it. We need to receive it. And he was he was thankful and, and thank God without ceasing because of how it was received. How it was received. Praise the Lord. The word of God. And can say lastly, thank God without ceasing because the work that it produced. He said here, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. If you can come service after service, hear people testify and hear a message preached, and worship the Lord in song, and continue on without feeling any conviction, conviction and live in your life pleasing yourself, it's because you're not receiving the Word of God. You might be hearing it, but you're not receiving it. Are you hearing the Word of the Lord? Are you, are you receiving the Word of the Lord? He said it worked Effectually, effectually, it means with effect in a manner to produce the intended effect truly. The word of God is powerful. I mean, it is so powerful. But if it's not received, if you don't take it, listen, when, when we give the gospel, we don't tell people, I tell you what, what our church says. No, because churches can be wrong. But the word of God is right. The word of God is right. When you lead somebody to the Lord, you take them and you don't say, well, I'll tell you what my pastor says. My pastor always says this. Your pastor is a man. Well, I tell you what my dad always called us. Well, that's good. Your father's still a man. But the word of God says, the word of God says, and until a person understands and receives that, they can, they can believe everything that we say. But unless it's the word of God and it's received, there's no salvation. They had a consistent growth because of the word of God. <clears throat> and I say that Paul witnessed a great thing in Thessalonica. God's word was doing a work within the hearts of the people here. Can I say, is God's word doing a work in the hearts of us today? They were growing in their faith. They were learning more and more of the word. Paul was beginning to see them live out their faith before others. The church was steadily growing in the Lord. And I say that, I can't remember who said this, but somebody said a church will never prosper. Or immature believers will have a hard time reaching the loss because spiritual growth must come before numerical growth. A church will never prosper prosper without spiritual growth. I say, church, we will never reach our community until we have matured in our faith. One of the sad things that I've witnessed over and over and over again is somebody gets saved. <clears throat> We're able to win them to the Lord and they have a zeal for the Lord. They will tell everybody about Christ and what he's done for them. And they're so excited about it. And they're witnessing to their family. They're witnessing to their friends. On the job site, they're, I mean, they get nicknames like here comes the preacher and everything else because they're just so excited of what God has done in their life. They just want to tell somebody. 
But over time, the excitement kind of dies down a little bit. Or maybe not as excited about it as we once were. Why is that? It's not because we've become more knowledgeable of Scripture. Maybe it's because we are allowing more of ourselves to enter into the picture. When you become more spiritual, you won't preach the gospel less. When you become closer to the Lord, you're not going to have so much earthly desires. We'll never reach our community by a dead faith. We'll never reach our community through our flesh. It must be done through the Lord. And what I'm saying today, you can, you can leave here and you can say, I, I don't understand what was being said. If, if you don't get anything else, get this. The word of God is, is powerful. But the word of God can be preached. It can be read. I know a man that I've talked to many times. And he says, I've read the Bible through and through from cover to cover. I, it's, it's great literature and that's all I can see. But it's so much more than that. Yes, it, it can be heard. It can be read. But until it's received. Until it's received, the little ones, you know, they, they grow up in a Christian home. They hear good preaching. They hear the gospel. And if you'd ask them, absolutely, they believe it. But there comes a time when they have to receive it. It's not just going on and yes, and that's the. I mean, I can, I can tell you there's many times when I've heard some of our little ones playing, playing having a church service. And preaching messages and, and giving the gospel when they've never received it themselves. Is it the gospel? Absolutely. And there comes a time when they're going to have to receive that for themselves. And not just because mom and dad have taught it to them. And not just because the church that they're going to teaches it. But it's the word of God and it must be received personally. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Father, for this time that we've had here. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts as only you can. I pray we would not be a church that just gathers, has a message, and then goes home. Lord, I pray that we've gathered here today, and we've known in old time how people have gathered and received it, Lord, and has changed their lives. May the Word of God completely change our lives every day. May we grow closer to you. May we grow in grace, Father, as you tell us in your Word. Lord, I love you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.